This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a thousand tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and LA bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with the salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary of over $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $2,000 signing bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the Adventures in Angular link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hire to get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hire.com slash Adventures in Angular. Ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to our classes in St. Louis or San Francisco, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by Widgmo 5, a brand new generation of JavaScript controls. A pretty amazing line of HTML5 and JavaScript products for enterprise application development in that Widgmo 5 leverages ECMAScript 5 and each control ships with AngularJS directives. Check out the faster, lighter, and more mobile Widgmo 5. This episode is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is the provider I use to host all of my creations. All the shows are hosted there, along with any other projects I come up with. Their user interface is simple and easy to use, their support is excellent, and their VPSs are backed on solid-state drives and are fast and responsive. Check them out at DigitalOcean.com. If you use the code AngularAdventures, you'll get a $10 credit. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Lucas Rubelke. Hello. Ward Bell. Hello there. I'm Charles Maxwood from DevChat.tv. Just reminding you, probably for the last time, go check out AngularRemoteConf.com. I also have a quick announcement from Joe, and that is that the ng-conf tickets, because they sold out so quickly last time, they're doing a lottery. So if you want tickets to ng-conf, you can go enter the lottery. The lottery is free. The tickets are not. And then they are just going to randomly draw people and let them know that they can purchase tickets. And then they'll probably do another lottery because not everybody who they offer the opportunity to buy a ticket will buy a ticket. And they'll probably do that once or twice. So go over to ngconf.com. I think it's ngconf.com. And check it out and get your name on the list so that you can get tickets to the conference. It's next year, May 4th through 6th in Salt Lake City. It's my hometown. I may try and just walk in if I don't get a ticket, but we'll see how that goes. It worked last year for you. Yeah, last year I finagled a free ticket. I think it was free. I don't remember. I might have paid for it. Anyway, I finagled a ticket and I got to go. So, ngconf.org is where it's at. Actually, not quite. It's ng-conf.org. Oh, ng-conf.org. Okay, thank you for that. As I just found out. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and do a show. We haven't done this topic since we started the show, so I thought maybe we could revisit it and and talk about what's out there now. But a lot of people seem to be asking me these days, what resources are there out there for learning how to do Angular? And I also get asked this question for Angular 2, and there are a few of those out there too. So uh, I figured we could just talk about that and see where you gentlemen and, you know, where I am going to learn about Angular. Do either of you have a favorite resource that you go to to get training on Angular? So caveat to that is I am an Egghead IO author, so just full disclosure, but I did do a free series 
on AngularJS fundamentals where I just walk through some very basic things in regards to an Angular app. And so generally when somebody asks me like, well, how do I ramp up on Angular? Uh, that's the first place that I send them. So it's nine lessons, totally free, totally approachable. And it's just kind of a really good way to see some of the kind of fundamental concepts of like, for instance, how do I even bootstrap Angular within an application and uh, kind of go from there and just kind of cut your teeth on something, but actually build something semi non-trivial. So for me, that's kind of my go-to place to start is the uh, the free Angular Fundamentals series on ACAD. Yeah, they've also got a whole bunch of other ones on here. I, I'm looking at it real quickly and I'm seeing Angular JS authentication with JWT. I'm seeing protractor testing, data modeling. They've also got stuff on Ionic. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff here. Gulp, application architecture, Webpack. So, I mean, if you're looking for Angular stuff and you're willing to drop some dough on it, this is a good a good place to go. And they do actually have a couple of free videos that I'm seeing here, too. Yeah, full disclosure, I'm a Pluralsight author, and I'm going to talk about Pluralsight in a second. But I also want to say that Egghead.io delivers wonderful content in a, in a very different style than Pluralsight. And both the free and the paid content from Egghead.io are great. That said, I would also say that uh, and Joe and I and you, Chuck, you're a Pluralsight author, aren't you? Uh, uh, there's some debate on that, but yeah, go there's ahead. There's some debate about that, right. <laughs> and, and John Papa, you know, your other, our other fellow panelists. As am I. And, oh, you're also a Pluralsight author. By way of uh, front-end masters, so. Hey, hey, Ooh. hey. Well, anyway, so there are a lot of us who have content on Pluralsight. Now, that's also a subscription service, well worth the money. Uh, you can get free trials to check it out and cover a wide variety of content. But if I if I was to sort of point out a difference, I would say the plural site stuff is tends to be more long form. The courses are a minimum of two hours, whereas Egghead IO has these wonderful little learn something useful in five to ten minute kind of things. Yeah, and just to point out, I mean, both of these are video content, so you actually get in and get to watch them. So you watch somebody code, or you watch, you know, they do slides and then code. You know, so you get the concepts and then you get the explanations and the demonstrations. And that's kind of the best way for me to learn if I'm doing video is for, to see somebody actually like type it in and then I pause it and I go type it in. And yeah, they're terrific videos. I know that Code School also has an Angular course. So if you like kind of the, here's a little bit of a story and you're going to kind of build this stuff out, uh, they've kind of mastered that too. And that's all video as well. And another good resource is actually our buddy uh, Dan Willeen did a video a while back, and it's basically AngularJS Fundamentals in 60-ish Minutes, which a lot of people have used that to ramp up as well. It's, it's a really good video. If you got a little jingle in your pocket or you're going to a conference, there are also good choices there, like Dev Intersections. There's one a conference uh, in Las Vegas. There's a session. Actually, there, there's a conference this fall. I'll be there. Dan will be there. John will be there. And there are workshops, which, by the way, if you get the workshop, then you get a gift. It almost pays for the ticket. And um, which conference and there's lots is this? of good content. This is Dev Intersections. Dev Intersections. And there you can meet and greet other people who are in the same bewildered state that you are and share share your experiences. I'm kidding. You don't know. Not everybody's bewildered. So then once you've got a little bit of chops under you, for me, one of the great resources is Stack Overflow combined with Plunker, P-L-U-N-K-E-R. Plunker is one of those places where you online where you can code, you know, see code running, tweak it, see it run again, break it, all that good stuff. 
and it's tagged. So the Angular tags are pretty revealing. And many people who provide answers to questions in Stack Overflow have links to example codes running in Plunker. Highly recommended. Yep. I'm also, since you brought up conferences, I'm just going to plug it here. If you want to uh, attend Angular Remote Conf, I mean, this is just an online conference I'm putting on. I know that a lot of people have trouble getting out to conferences because the travel's expensive. The tickets are usually pretty expensive. And so I thought, okay, well, what's an option that people can go for? And so, you know, I've got Brad Green and several other folks coming out to speak. Lucas is speaking at, at Angular Remote Conf. And so you can kind of get some expert content for an hour at a time from these different folks. And I'm actually going to be yeah. posting the, the schedule up this week, so you'll be able to see who the other speakers are. Yeah, I think that's going to be great, Chuck. I only wish I'd been able to dedicate some time to that this this time around, but uh, I know it'll be a success, and I look forward to participating next time. Yep. And I know the Angular Connect is coming up in England. So, I mean, that's another option if you're in Europe. There's a good option there. Now, I don't know how many kind of business listeners we have out there, but they often have a training budget, and many of us offer uh, on-site training that's really focused on getting you ramped up for the kind of um, application you're actually trying to build. But one of the challenges, of course, with sort of going with this open education stuff is that it's all great and it's all sort of oriented to what people do in general. But if you're on a deadline and you have something to build, there's nothing like having somebody visit you on-site and uh, take you through in the context of the application that you actually have to build in a certain amount of time. I know this sounds like self-promotion, but it's important to know that these are options and we're not the only people that do it. And when I say we, I mean your panelists here, many of us are all have our own way of doing that. But it, it's a pretty effective way. Cost It turns out to be cost-effective, although it doesn't seem that way initially, because most people like to wander in the woods forever. But when you're on a deadline, we can help. Yeah, and just to pile onto that a little bit is that uh, most of the content that we've talked about with Pluralsight or with Pluralsight, Egghead.io, Code School, a lot of the content that they have there, I would dare say probably at least 75% of the content there is geared toward people who are new or newish to Angular. And then the rest of it is generic, but, you know, targets people who are doing it and trying to solve specific problems. And so if you want somebody to come in, look at what you're doing, and then give kind of an expert eye and expert take on what you're doing, that's where the live training really shines. I also know that a, the sponsor of the show, Oasis Digital, does on-site training. So you can check them out as well. Put a link to them in the show notes. Right, we should do that. And one other point just to pile on as well is often you're trying to build your Angular application in the context of some kind of back-end service mm -hmm. and a variety of other technologies. And generally, these course materials are narrowly focused on how to build that Angular front-end when your application sort of covers a wide range of technologies that have to integrate. And again, that's so custom that you really can benefit from finding somebody who knows um, the uh, front-to-back technologies that you happen to be using. Yeah, in fact, do you both of you want to just briefly talk about what backends you use? I really like Firebase quite a bit. It's really good for proof of concepts as well as, as real-time stuff, and uh, there's some pretty good use cases around that. Um, I also really like Node just because I'm a JavaScript developer, but I've worked with Rails, I've worked with Python, pretty much anything as long as it's a, uh, a REST API. I'm happy to consume it. But as well as um, I'm fairly comfortable jumping in on the back end. But I generally will go with uh, Node or Firebase, given my preference. 
And when I speak of me, I also mean my company, Ideablade. We've been pretty much in the enterprise space for a very long time, and we deal with, I guess, what many of our audience would think of as legacy, although it seems pretty alive to me, such as um, the traditional .NET backends, so .NET Web API, Entity Framework, SQL Server, or Java backends. We have expertise in that as well. And we also do NodeMongo. But I would say that most of our customers tend to be, uh, you know, they have existing uh, services at the back end, even WCF type uh, SOAP services, and uh, they, they can't chuck those overboard. So it's it's like, how do I build a front end that's also playing with my existing commitments, including my existing front end commitments like ASP.NET? You know, you have some sort of MVC app that, and you want to make some part of it richer, and you can't obviously completely change your gigantic MVC app all at once, but there are ways to sort of integrate the single-page applications with an Angular front end into an existing MVC monster and gradually move over the pieces that you want without your user detecting it. So these are the kinds of problems we, we're, we're comfortable tackling, and you're not going to learn about that stuff very easily by going to one of the generic courses. So again, when it comes to integration with existing systems, uh, you're wise to look around and see who's out there who can help you. Yeah, and I'm pretty heavily focused around Ruby. So it's going to be Ruby on Rails, Sinatra, Rhoda, uh, which are all uh, Ruby frameworks for building web applications and APIs. And uh, I actually have a video series on Ruby on Rails called Rails Clips. And right now I am focusing on how you build APIs with Rails. So if you want to go check that out to just get some ideas on how you can put your APIs together so that they work nicely with your Angular app, then, you know, go check that out. Because I'm probably going to do a little bit of integration video there too and just say, look, here's how you set things up for Angular, Ember, Backbone, or whatever, or iOS. Sweet. So this has been the self-promotion show, it almost feels like. So <laughs> a little far. bit. Honestly, folks, it's good stuff. Yeah, well, and, and if, you know, if the resource you need is egghead.io, great. And if the resource you need is Lucas because he knows the answer to your question, then hire him. And same for Ward or Joe or John or whoever. I know we've kind of pointed towards like Pluralsight and, and Egghead and these different things, but... I'm actually really impressed with just how much, you know, free content is out there from, for instance, let's say John Papa. I'm looking at his style guide on GitHub and oh, yeah. it's just, it's a phenomenal resource. And I can say even for myself, if you go to my blog, 100mind.com, there's just a, a ton of resources that I've put out there. So what's interesting is there's really a spectrum between, you know, kind of us who are in this content space of like, yes, you can hire us to come on site, but as well as we are, putting out a large body of just free content because we're passionate about the technologies and we love to learn. So it's really kind of from here's all this great free content to we can come on site as well. But, you know, I know John has put out a ton of content. Ward has put out a ton of great content, you know, even Dan and Joe and different ones is, you know, so it really runs the gamut from, you know, completely free to completely specialized. Yeah. One of my favorite resources for this kind of content is actually the NG newsletter. NG-newsletter.com. They actually sent an email out. I don't remember if it's daily or weekly. I just look at it and browse through it and go, that's cool, and I click on it. But it's it's a terrific resource for a curated list of blog posts, videos, etc. that you can actually then go and use to level up your Angular stuff. Yep. That's Lucas's point is this stuff's free, the newsletter's free, and in this case you get told where some of the newish stuff is that you should care about. 
Uh, related to that, actually, the folks that put that together also have ng-book, and that's one of the first resources I went to when I wanted to learn Angular. They're actually putting out an ng-book for Angular 2, and you can get the chapters as they write them and update them by checking that out. Maybe we can talk about Angular 2 resources here in a minute. And I would say ng-book is by far the largest single body of content around Angular. Um, I have a, a copy in my office, and it's like 800 pages or something. Um, I killed a, a bear with it in the woods, actually, last week. <laughs> and that <laughs> yeah, was with I the have, blunt end of it. It, it yeah. really is gigantic, so I don't keep the hard – and he's updating it regularly. Uh, who is the author again? It's escaping me suddenly. Ari Lerner. Ari Lerner. Jinx. Ari, that's right. Sorry, Ari. Yeah, and he's always updating it. And so, yeah, that's a that's a wonderful resource. Now, I don't know how many of our listeners are coming to Angular absolutely cold, but often, even if they aren't, they're wondering, they're, they know somebody who would be coming to it cold. And so if you were coming to it completely cold, what would be the steps you'd take? The thing that I do when I'm learning a new framework or a new language or something like that is I like to go in and actually build in, like, build an actual app. And so I, I'll actually go to, like, angularjs.org. They have kind of a little tutorial there to build, like, a quick to-do MVC. You know, and so by the time you're done, I mean, it's a pretty dumb little app, but it works. And so at the end, you have something that you can tweak and play with and twist around and things like that. So, I mean, that's one place that I would go. I would also be asking around for other folks who have repositories or tutorials that I can run through that will actually have me building an app. For people who are brand new programmers, I think that's a different story altogether. And you may want to go with the egghead.io or code school route. Uh, and their, their first Angular course is free. But, you know, just find one of those and just work through it to kind of familiarize yourself with things before you get into the, okay, I'm an experienced or semi-experienced coder and I kind of get the basics here, so I'm just going to work through the rest of the stuff that they're handing me. Wow, I hadn't even thought about somebody who doesn't have any programming experience. I think that's... I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure uh, Angular is the right way to go uh, yet. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know that's where I'd learn programming, you know, which is not a criticism of Angular, but it uh, kind of presupposes a certain degree of uh, skill and experience in programming in general. Uh, and I want to reemphasize that I think every Egghead I.O. thing I've seen has really presupposed that you were an experienced developer. Probably, uh, I, it usually presupposes that you know JavaScript to some degree. Yeah. And I think you'd be lost in many of the resources we've discussed if you lack programming experience or lack even a minimal JavaScript experience. Yeah. So assuming that they have a basic level of programming experience and they probably know JavaScript, then, yeah, that's what I would do. I would just find a couple of good tutorials and just work through them. So one situation I run into a lot is actually working with designers and uh, where you have that handoff where they give you basically, you know, this layout that they've built in HTML and then you start to hook it up. But in an effort to kind of include them into the process, I gave a talk at NG Vegas called Turn Your Designers into Death Stars with Angular, which then turned into a post, which you can find on my blog, 100mind.com. And it's just enough Angular for designers. And it is the absolute gentlest introduction to Angular that I could conceive. But I really believe, especially coming from maybe a design side or you don't have really strong JavaScript skills, that you can actually learn just a handful of concepts and start to be productive in Angular. And so we'll have that link in the show notes. But I found that to be uh, the feedback I've gotten on that is really helpful. And it's really easy for people to, to grasp through a series of simple exercises that I've created in Plunker, actually. 
You know, that actually reminds me of part of the conversation we had with Aishigal a week or so ago where we were talking about D3, and she mentioned that basically, you know, they just build directives that designers can drop in. So it's graph chart with this data. And so the, the programming chops really don't have to be strong. They just have to have enough understanding to understand that they're adding a data source and, you know, a chart type, and then maybe a little bit of styling to it. And it seems like that's pretty approachable for people who are familiar with HTML, but may not have a strong understanding of JavaScript. Hey, Lucas, what was that school, uh, that intense boot camp type school that Scott Moss went to? There are a number of those in different cities, aren't there? Uh, Hack Reactor is uh, where he's from, and that is a really, really great, albeit you know, super disruptive in terms of your life, place to actually go and, and learn how to program. Yeah, they're, they're turning out a lot of people who are getting scooped up by companies because uh, they seem to turn out people who are ready to, ready to contribute. Yep, yeah. that is correct. A level down from that is Angular Bootcamp, and I mentioned Oasis Digital before for on-site training. This is their San Francisco, St. Louis, looks like they've got a couple of others, where they just do it. It's a three-day course where you can kind of pick it up. So that's a little bit short of the three-month boot camp. Yeah, I think Joe's uh, daughter, Katya, is going through a boot camp. So it's great for teenagers, too. <laughs> yeah. Keeps them off the street, you know. You want to get them off drugs, throw them in. <laughs> I'm not saying Katya's into drugs, but, <laughs> but send them to boot camps. You're going to get an angry call from Joe. <laughs> like, what'd you say about my daughter? Joe, Joe's going to kill me. He's going to kill me, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it sounded like she also got some stuff off of like Khan Academy and stuff when she was learning Angular, if I remember right from her talk. So there are a lot of resources out there. Are there resources that you guys are using to pick up Angular 2? So I think, in my opinion, anyone's free to disagree with me, but I think if you really want to prepare yourself for Angular 2, start learning ES6. So I've been going through the Exploring ES6 book by Alec Rauschmeyer and then trying to write uh, Angular 1.x apps like in that style. And it's been a, a bit of a paradigm shift, but that's just a really excellent book that I recommend. But I think it's going to make things a lot easier going forward. You know what? I think that's right, Lucas. I don't think, it, as we'll, we'll see in a minute, I don't think it, it's quite ready to learn Angular 2 itself just yet. And we'll talk about that. But there are skills that you need to pick up in order to get there, and those that are available now, and ES6 is one of them, and TypeScript is another. I'd start learning TypeScript. There's a pen for learning it. And I'd also start uh, mastering Visual Studio Code, which is one of my, and we can mention other IDEs, but it's it's my go-to tool right now for writing in TypeScript. Yeah, uh, and we should put a link to our uh, episode on that in the show notes. I'll also put links to JavaScript Jabber episodes where we've talked about some of the stuff like Babel or TypeScript or some of these other things as well. Yeah, yeah, learning the loaders. There's just sort of these uh, surrounding technologies that you can learn that will help you when you're building an Angular 2 app, even if you can't re learn, if you're not really quite ready to learn Angular 2 yet. I would add uh, some of the build tools that are going to be part of that, you know, Gulp, NPM, Node as a client-side tool host. These are skills that you can pick up now. They're not going to change on you, whereas trying to learn Angular to directly at the moment is uh, I just don't think it's ready for that today. So having said that, though, I mean, I've been poking around Angular.io and, you know, I, I periodically try and do stuff with it. And, you know, I, I hit varying levels of success with that. But I think it's worth fiddling with 
and looking at the release notes on the different versions that they're putting out there, I think things are going to stabilize a lot more when we get to when when they actually release to beta. You know, I think the APIs will be more stable and we're going to see a whole lot less uh, fluctuation in that. But in the meantime, I mean, it's definitely worth at least seeing what they're saying, even if you're not actually trying to build applications in Angular 2. If you really want to be bold and you want to start playing with it, I think one of the best resources, actually, is my friend Pascal Precht's blog posts on Angular 2. He's pretty accurate. He's doing his best to keep the things up, and it's a wonderful series. So we'll put that in the show notes. Plus one. Yep, definitely. The other thing is is that a lot of conference talks, um, I've been talking to a lot of speakers, and the speakers have been focusing, at least some of them have been focusing on how do you do whatever with Angular 2. And so that's also, for recent conference talks, a good way to get a feel for and a feel around what is coming up because they actually go in and suffer through the changing APIs and stuff so that they have a demonstrable application that they can show people in their conference talk. And, and they're usually showing their code and their APIs and stuff like that. So just to put that out there too. So, you know, Angular U, I know there were a few talks about stuff in NG or in Angular 2. Um, I know that a few talks from Angular Remote Conf are going to have that. I know some of the talks from Angular Connect are going to have those. So, I mean, just keep an eye out there and you're probably going to get some of the latest stuff on those APIs. But yeah, I don't know that it's ready for prime time to go and build stuff in it yet. Sorry, your other alternative, if you're really bold, <laughs> try to read the code. No, don't even try and read the source code. Don't even try. <laughs> Isn't it written in TypeScript? It is. It is written in TypeScript. So uh, I hear that makes it better. I, I haven't actually tried, so I don't know that for sure. Uh, you know, they haven't put the comments in it yet. And it's a little bit of shoots and ladders. And it's a challenge right now. I, and I know it's going to get better but it's not going to be uh, ready for us at the time that you hear this broadcast for the first time. And I'm looking forward to our being able to give a very different story on a podcast soon. Yep. One other type of resource for learning about Angular and learning Angular that we haven't discussed is podcasts. And if you're listening to this one, I'm also going to throw out there that you probably want to go check out some of the episodes of JavaScript Jabber. You also want to go check out Angular Air. Uh, which is done by Kent C. Dodds and a few other folks that uh, I think are pretty awesome and that we've had on the show. So, you know, you can go check those out as well. They're bringing different people on and having having discussions with them. Are there other podcasts that you guys listen to? I only listen to this podcast. Your heart is pure. <laughs> All right. Well, are there any other resources that you guys want to jump into before we get to picks? I'm going to throw out one resource, and this is the first that anybody's going to hear about this, but I actually just released a site. It's angulartestingquickstart.com. And so what happened is I had written a bunch of Angular tests. I started writing tests and I realized there was a lot of common patterns that once I understood them, it was a lot easier to write tests. And so I just kind of put these down into kind of a long form post. Uh, Jeff Welpley helped me write some of this and I wasn't for sure what I was going to do about it. So anyways, I open-sourced it. It's on GitHub. I accept pull request. But if you go to angulartestingquickstart.com, um, there's a lot of kind of patterns that I found to be helpful. The goal is that you'll just be one step closer to actually writing your first Angular test if you're stuck. All right. Uh, one last thing. I also did a search in YouTube for Angular, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there too. There are demos in there. There are conference talks in there. Just another place to go check stuff out. 
All right, let's go ahead and do some picks. Uh, Ward, do you have some picks for us? I guess my pick would have to be a tool that maybe everybody else knows, but it's new to me, and I've been using it pretty steadily for the last couple of weeks, and I like it, and that is Slack. S-L-A-C-K dot com. It's kind of an industrial strength chat mechanism product with uh, with searchable histories and sort of little channels and things like that. So it's, it's kind of uh, displaced my other means of organizing conversations uh, around specific interest groups uh, with a specific private audiences. And I like it. I got to say, I like it. I don't know about if you guys are using it. I am a huge fan of Slack. Love Slack. Yep, me too. How would you guys differentiate it from, say, well, we're on Skype at the moment, from or any of the other channels that you're or, or vehicles for these kinds of conversations? How would you distinguish it? So the integrations are phenomenal. The fact mm-hmm. that you can integrate into like GitHub, Giphy, just about anything. Like the API is uh, pretty open, and so it's really, really useful. For instance, even if you're talking to somebody and you want to hop into a Google Hangout, there's an easy integration. So in my case, I just where I'm talking to, I just do horse slash Hangout, and it just pops it right up and. We're in a hangout. Yeah. The other thing is, is that it's kind of like IRC in the sense that you can create unlimited channels. You can also create private channels. All of these things are in the free level. You know, some of the integrations, you have to have a paid account in order to, to use them. But at the free level, I mean, all of that works. Um, you can invite people in. There are also applications out there that will use Slack's APIs to send people invitations. So they click a button, they fill in their email address, and then it sends them an invitation to your Slack team. It doesn't do video, but like Lucas said, you can use the Hangouts. The other thing that I really love about it is that, yeah, your history is completely searchable. And in Skype, your history is searchable until you actually... So I have a few applications that clear stuff off of my Mac. And one of the things that it cleans up is the chat history for Skype. And so once that gets cleaned up, it's gone. And that's the only place it's stored except for on the other people who are also in your chat. So, you know, when everybody cleans that up, it's, it, it gets gone. And the other thing is, is that there are so many things you can do with it. It also has the IRC integration. So if you want to pull in bots, there are a gazillion different implementations of IRC bots. And so you can pull those into Slack as well. So lots and lots and lots of capabilities that you get basically for free. Any other picks before we uh, ask Lucas Ward? Oh, that's what I have for you. All right, Lucas, what are your picks? Uh, so my pick is a series that I just started on Audible. It is the Pillars of Reality series by Jack Campbell. Um, I just finished the uh, the first uh, book, The Dragons of Dorcastle. Really, really good book. It's kind of this interesting, like, kind of steampunk slash, like, magic kind of storyline uh, that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Jack Campbell is an excellent writer. I think everybody would enjoy it. All right. So I'm going to pick a couple of things. I want to remind everybody, Angular Remote Conf coupon code ADVENTURE for 25% off. So go use that coupon code, take advantage of it. That gets you basically a $200 ticket for $150. Uh, that also works on the group tickets. So if you want to have your users group get together, you can find a company that will uh, sponsor it. That will take it from $2,000 to $1,500 for a ticket. So uh, that code's ADVENTURE. I also want to pick a book. I've been reading this book off and on for one of my mastermind groups, and uh, it's called Essentialism by Craig McKeown. I don't know how to say it. Anyway, it is really good, and it's really helped me kind of boil things down to the essential few things that I need to be focused on. And I just, I can't say enough good things about it. And it's funny because I've either listened to it or read it a couple of times, and every time I'm like, oh, 
okay, that's another thing that I need to do. And, and so I, you know, I wind up doing that and cutting a whole bunch of more stuff and finding other things that I don't need to worry about. And it just makes things so much easier, better, nicer, makes my life better. So anyway, I'm just really digging the book. So I'm going to pick it, even if I've picked it in the past. And I don't think we have any other announcements. Just a reminder, do go to uh, ng-conf.org and get in on that lottery. If you think you you might even, by some remote chance, be able to make it out to Salt Lake City at the beginning of May of next year. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com slash forum and sign up today. 